0: What do you think is the most important lesson that you've learned in media?
1: Hmm, that's a very good question. Um, you know, I, I feel like success is doing a number of little things excellently, committing yourself to excellence, even when nobody's watching, when well, you don't have to, when you're by yourself, and you know you can cut corners, and you do not. Those things end up becoming the things that will help you to. Make those big, take those big strides that you never knew you could. And number two, um, I've come to realize that, you know, the saying, the popular saying that your attitude will determine your altitude, is true. Um, so I would say, you know, make sure that you actually build your character, build yourself, um, because sometimes it doesn't matter how talented you are if people do not feel that you value them you're not going to get too far. And, and the third thing is um, resilience because I know a lot of people want to succeed, but not many people want to put in the work. You know, you know the saying that, um, you know, many people run away from success because it wears overalls that look like work, right? So, you know, you have to be resilient and be ready to, to put in the work. There's no, you know, um, there, there's, no, there's no substitute for hard work. You just have to do the work and do the work excellently and smartly, too. As a person of color, as a woman of color especially, um, you have to put in more, you know. But if you do put in the work and you're excellent, you, you'll be reckoned with at the end of the day. Um, and the last thing I would say is, you know, for me, my faith um, is very pivotal in my success. You know, the fact that I, I believe in God and um, I, it, it, the principles of of Christianity, which as far as helps me, you know, to stay grounded. um, And the fact that I I can, you know, pray and I can sort of have faith that God will help me to succeed also helps. Just keep those things in mind. and, And I think success will definitely come knocking. You don't have to look for success. All you need to do is to do the right things and then success will come.
0: Good morning. Good day. Or good evening. And welcome to 54 Lights. My name is Kgwanyi Moase. And the next episode is a mogul's renaissance, featuring my conversation with Patricia Mawa. If you've heard of Patricia, then you're in for a treat, as today's talk will show you a new side of her mind and her motivation. Now, if you've never heard of her, well then, you're in for something special. Before we jump in, I'd like to mention that alongside her husband Moses. Patricia is the head of Silver Trust Media and AfroGlobal TV. If that's not enough, she's an associate publisher with three magazine publications and several other networks, rounding out her expansive and ever-evolving portfolio. Through their media, they are trying to reshape and redefine how Africans see themselves and how they are seen by the broader community. During the 2007-2008 economic crisis, they, like many other businesses, had to face tremendous adversity. Somehow, they managed to actually grow their business during the downturn. And now, years later, they're faced with another challenge, this time brought on by the global pandemic. Rather than shrink away from what is a daunting obstacle, Patricia actually sees these days ahead as a challenge to innovate, a call to arms for creative renaissance. Now, the resilience, tenacity, and ingenuity it takes to even look at our world through that lens, that's impressive. That this perspective is being driven by a woman of color That's simply inspirational. It's time. Here, in part, is my conversation with Patricia Mawa. One of the things at 54 Lights is I have a very, uh, a strong obsession with names. So um, I have seen your name online under uh, Patricia Bebia Mawa or Patricia Mawa. So I don't know if that is your complete name, but maybe for me and for the audience, if you could give me your your full name and I'm interested to know if it means anything.
1: Okay, so my name is Patricia Bebia Mawa and um, my name, uh, Bebia, is actually my my father's uh, name. So what happened was that my dad was here with us in Canada uh, just before he passed away and my, my husband actually became very close to him and um, he wanted me to keep my dad's name as my middle name, um, not hyphenated, but as my middle name just to immortalize my dad's legacy to keep him as part of us, you know, so... That was how I left my, um, you know, my, maid, my maiden last name, <laughs> my yeah. uh, Babia as my middle name now. So my middle name used to be Bukia. So I used to be Patricia Bukia Bebia. So mm-hmm. I replaced Bukia with, you know, Bebia. And um, Mawai is my husband's name, is Ugandan. So the name Mawai is Ugandan.
0: Oh, interesting. So Bebia is your father's name that you've replaced now as your official middle name. Like it's on official documents?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I've done an official name change and my middle name has been replaced um, with that, with Babia, yes.
0: What was the middle name again, Bukia?
1: Yes, so B-U-K-I-E, Bukia. And um, it's interesting. It means, uh, it's a name that's usually given to twins, but also sometimes to single birth, you know, children. Uh, But it's a very unique name. It means medicine, cure, solution, um anything that solves problem that's the meaning of the name
0: have you ever gone by bukia
1: oh yes um even when i came to canada my name was patricia bukia babia eh? so bukia was my middle name has uh, in fact if you go to my um country like my family members they call me bukia um but then you know it's interesting in nigeria because um uh, we have a thing with names so my mom gave me a name which is iwali and then my dad gave me the name Bukia. So whenever I go to my dad's, uh, you know, family, they call me Bukia. Whenever I go to my mom's family, they call me Iwali, which is in their language. Then my siblings actually like to call me Bukia. So. Um, If you go to my house and say, Patricia, I may take them a second to figure out who you're talking about because everybody calls me Bukia, right?
0: (laughs) Great. So you you have different identities and different names depending on where you are. That's that's great.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And it's like that for most Nigerians, actually. Yes. Like in the Yoruba tribe, you can have up to 10 names. And sometimes the section that, you know, are um, connected to a particular name, call you that name. And then there's a general name that you're called, uh, you know, by your close family, and then there may be a name that you're called at school or at work. So yeah, it's it's very wide widespread.
0: Um, so you are uh, Nigerian, uh, but you've been in Canada for a long time, or?
1: Yes, I actually moved to Canada in in 2000. So I've been here now. Uh, this is 2020, so 20 years. <laughs>
0: What do you identify as? Do you say you are a Nigerian Canadian or do you say you are a Canadian Nigerian or do you say you're Canadian? I mean you've been here 20 years and it's a it's a question I ask because it's something that I struggle with cuz I've been here for, you know, over 30 years actually.
1: Um okay, so I know this is a, a question that I, I myself, I'm still trying to engage the community uh, to kind of answer because I find that until we're able to answer this question, um, we're not really grounded because I see when you ask somebody where you're from, some people do not want to identify with their roots so they will say I'm Canadian first and then when you probe, they'll say I'm African or I'm Caribbean and then when you, if you probe further, they will then tell you where they're from and sometimes uh, I find that we are actually also not sure if to identify ourselves uh, collectively as African Canadians or black Canadians. So I I remember there was once um, I interviewed a politician and she's like, what is appropriate to address your community? Should I say black Canadians or African Canadians? Mm -hmm. So I think there's a little bit of that, um, you know, issue going on identity sort of, um, uh, you know, lack of clarity, if, if you may. But for me personally, if somebody should just walk up to me and ask me, where are you from? I don't know. But the first thing I say is I'm Nigerian. Nigeria is my roots. I'm Canadian now, which is awesome. I really love Canada and I appreciate Canada for embracing me. But maybe because I live most of my uh, youthful life in Nigeria, I just, it's just in my head that I'm Nigerian. If you want me to to kind of uh, describe myself in a more um, sort of uh, broad way, I would say I'm African Canadian.
0: You're right, it is something that the community has to grapple with, right? And that's why I asked the question, because a lot of uh, Africans have to think about that. And, you know, it's not just for Africans, you know, I think people from European um, heritage and background, people from the Caribbean also have to think about how they want to answer that question nowadays.
1: I know some people get offended, but when somebody, I see you as a black person. Uh, I know that sometimes people feel that that question is alienating, uh, meaning that whoever asks the question is trying to not make you feel like you're part of Canada. Um, but, you know, I think uh, they're just sort of trying to um, investigate the obvious and they want to know your actual roots. That's what I understand by that question. Because, you, you know, you know, probably know I'm Canadian, but you just want to know what my roots are.
0: Do you think your husband would answer the same thing?
1: Uh, most times when people ask him where he's from, he will say Ugandan. But I, if he's describing himself um, in a collective manner, he will say African-Canadian as opposed to Black-Canadian.
0: What do you do professionally?
1: Prior to moving to Canada, I used to host a daily talk show in Nigeria called Launch Date, where I used to have you know, lunch with uh, celebrities and um, you know, leaders. And uh, so when I came here, I actually got to meet my husband, Moses, who was also um, just sort of finishing up film studies and was um, into television. He had a production studio in in Ottawa, um, the capital region of Canada. And so when we met, um, we kind of got to understand that we had some similar, you know, uh, dreams and ideas and visions. So he was at the time uh, trying to have a TV show Uh, to showcase people of African heritage in Canada. And I was trying to get back into my career in the media. So we came together and we kind of um, sent some pilots out. Um, And then we had this TV show, which we've had since 2002, um, on Omni television called Planet Africa. Uh, But in 2016, we expanded and we now run a 24-hour TV channel. Um, that is uh, available on Rogers, Cable, Belfight, Eastlink, and Telos. Um As well, we're also into publishing. So we um, have three regularly scheduled magazines and a couple of seasonal publications that we produce. So in a nutshell, I would say um, I'm an associate publisher, so I'm into publishing. I'm a TV host, I'm a producer, I'm a TV executive, and broadcaster. So in a nutshell, that. That's how I would describe myself.
0: You are a media mogul. That sounds like a bit of an empire you guys have got going there.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so kind. <laughs> I think I think you know when CNN, you know CNN International did a, a 30 minutes uh, documentary on my husband and I, and they called us, um, you know, media moguls who are building an empire. And I thought that was really ambitious and great. But it's interesting because when they did that um, feature on us, we didn't have the 24-hour TV channel yet. We're working on it. So it's um, interesting that things are unfolding. Um, the uh, vision for us is coming to pass. <laughs> and I give God glory for that.
0: I'm, I'm interested to know what inspired you to get into media, like journalism or just be on camera in the first place?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I would say that everything was sort of uh, divinely orchestrated because um, as a child, I thought I was going to become a lawyer. I wanted to be a lawyer And my parents were very happy about that because, you know, the whole thing about uh, most Nigerian parents wanting their kids to study a professional sort of uh, course or pursue a a definite career like law, engineering, medicine and that kind of stuff. So, but um, while I was in high school, I was in the debating uh, club. I used to represent my school. Um, You know, I used to moderate plays and, and that kind of stuff. So um, one day I was moderating a play in the church, which I had read, written. And um, after church, somebody came to me and said, oh, I'm looking for someone to host a TV show. You speak so well. Um, I think you should audition. And I said, no, I was in university. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, it was my first year in university. I had just finished high school. And he said, it's gonna be on weekends. Uh, so you can still go to school and do it. So I went for the audition. And the next thing he said, oh, This audition was so good that it's episode one of this show. I'm like, what? You know. So I I um that was how my career in television started. I I never planned it. It just started I was on TV every weekend while I was in university. And then after university, um my internship uh, was at a TV channel because I knew I had a lot of experience already. So um that was how I I after the internship I got a job. You know, in Lagos, which is um, like the largest city in in, in, in um, Nigeria, and yeah, you know, it, was the, this, it was the
0: capital at some point in time. No, or it, no? Was, yes. it was, yeah, yes, was yeah before Abuja. Okay, go ahead. Sorry,
1: exactly. Yeah, so I I got this job and I had this daily talk show that became very popular, and um, so that was how I actually got myself into the media. Even though I must say that when I was still um, when I was younger. There was a day I went to visit a friend uh, who had satellites. Um, they were rich. And I saw Oprah, you know, doing her talk show. And I remember saying, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny how uh, one day I saw Oprah's picture in a newspaper and I caught it and I put it on my wall. Um, it just, just you know, um, how interesting how things just came together. And I ended up in the media. But um, So this is, this is how I actually got myself. On this path, um, I, I think it was divinely orchestrated, um, but uh, I think God just wanted me to do this, and I, I really am thankful that I found found my passion.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, it, it's obvious that it is a passion, and you've been doing it really, really well. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to know. So, who who is the the typical Viewer of your and consumer of all of your media um, Is it is it Africans who live in Toronto or the diaspora? Or is it Africans from uh, from back home since you've got such good connections in uh, in Nigeria?
1: Okay, so, um, you know when we we started the TV show um, on Omni television our goal was uh, threefold threefold actually number one is to inspire people of African heritage to aspire for greater heights in their different careers and, and endeavors. Number two was to unite us as a people. So uh, whether you're from the Caribbean, from the continent, born here or wherever, so and that's why the name Planet Africa. So wherever you are, you are, are from on the planet, as long as you have a connection to Africa, either by birth, friendship, marriage, uh, heritage, or any other means, if you're connected to Africa in some way, you're part of the Planet Africa sort of family. And that's why the name Planet Africa, wherever you are, you're from. Mm-hmm. So, um, and um, on the show, we showcase people from different backgrounds. It's a very diverse show. So it reflects the diversity of our community, um, You know, as people of African heritage. Um, wherever we're from on the planet. And then, so we then started a magazine called Planet Africa. So I mentioned that we had a threefold sort of vision. So it's to, to inspire us, number two, to unite us. Number three is to celebrate us. Um, so we started an awards program called the Planet Africa Awards. That was to celebrate our story, our, our achievements, our stories and our people. So the, the awards program is called Planet Africa, and we recently, rebranded it to the Excellence Awards. You see, so um, the Planet Africa initiative then had a TV show, a magazine, and an awards program. Uh, but then down the road, we decided to start another magazine called Diversity Magazine, because we felt that Planet Africa was like a mirror. And as a black person, when you look at Planet Africa, it's like you're seeing yourself. You're seeing an inspiring version of yourself. You're seeing success stories. But we wanted to tell our stories uh, to the mainstream as well. I wanted other communities to see us. So we started Diversity Magazine. uh, That was a mainstream publication. We had it in the blue boxes across the GTA. You know the blue boxes that have um, some of the Toronto Star publications?
0: Yes, of course.
1: Yes, so we had... That magazine widely distributed in the blue boxes. It was the biggest publication we've ever done in the history of our organization. So, um, and Diversity Magazine was going on for a few years. So we rebranded it to Envision Magazine. Because our definition and um, concept of diversity includes everyone. Uh, but some times when we try to feature certain people, they'll say, oh, I'm not an immigrant. I'm not a person of color. So... Um, I don't really fit the definition of diversity so we changed the name to Envision um, and that magazine is still being published uh, till today and then we have a third publication called Destiny Magazine and that's because we're Christians and wanted an opportunity to be able to express ourselves you know um, and share our views in terms of our beliefs and all that so we have that magazine called Destiny so you see each of those things that we do has uh, different audiences so the Excellence Magazine is for our community. Um, the uh, Envision Magazine is Canadian, it's mainstream, and Destiny is Christian. And of course, Planet Africa is focused on the entire African-Canadian uh, community. And then of course, our 24-hour TV channel, the name is Afro-Global. So if you mm-hmm. see the name, is just like Planet Africa. So Afro-Global, if you're Afro-American, Afro-Caribbean, Afro Brazilian, Afro, whatever you're part of that vision. So our vision is always consistently to unite us as a community. So wow. in a nutshell, um, that's how we kind of break down our projects and the audience um, that we're kind of targeting.
0: For yeah, each. that's that's, um, that's really I, I love the I love the inspiration behind it, Patricia. Uh, I'm 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 interested as well. Is is um, that is Definitely an ambitious project that you're or projects rather that you're you're doing. How's it how's it been going over the years? I know you've you've evolved your brand, but you um, you know, you've had um, awards uh, award ceremonies for or at least for Planet Africa and, and and those things. How has that been going and growing over the years?
1: Yeah, um, you know, there's some are uh, something that I developed recently, which is a press formula. I would say that. Um, So the PRESS formula is an acronym. So P is for process, R is for resolve, E is for execute, S is for survive, and S is for sale. I would say that, you know, the the most important thing is when you're doing anything is to process it, uh, and that's the P, And to find out what is the purpose, why am I doing it, why is it important? And when we got started, we saw that there was a vacuum, there was a need. Um, Most of the images that you saw on television or in the media about people of African heritage in Canada was negative. You see that they've committed a crime or they're showing poverty in Africa. Mm -hmm. Um, So we wanted to correct that image. And that's why whatever we do is excellent. We, excellence is like our middle name. If you look at our magazines, um, the quality is top notch. You can, in fact, if you go to the newsstands, like to Chapters and Indigo stores and see our magazines and see the Oprah magazine or Ebony magazine, um, I mean, the quality is is, is the same. So mm-hmm. we we stretch ourselves to make sure that we put up uh, put out you know um, excellent work. Um, and um, so and then we we, we make sure that we we you see that the R in the press formula is resolved. So we made up our minds that giving up is not an option, and that we would we we're in this for the long run. So when things were tough, we did not uh, give up, and of course we made sure that we executed. Um, Uh, plan you know that we had and when things were tough we actually went into survival mode which is the S the press formula so we we made sure that we actually did whatever we could to survive we were creative like I remember a few years ago um, when the recession hit things were so difficult for us and we had to sit down and, and and remap our our strategies you know and you wouldn't believe it during the recession our team grew Um, We got the biggest contract in the history of our organization during a recession. We moved to a bigger space. Um, We added new products and that's because we actually decided that we're going to survive the recession and we came up with a plan. And then now I would say that we are kind of sailing. You know, when you're sailing, um, you know, on on, on the sea, sometimes you come across So. When you're sailing, you have to know that there may still be storms along the way, but because you've gone through the process, you've made a resolve that you're going to not quit, and you're executing a plan that you've carefully thought out, and you're ready to survive, you will continue to sail. So I would say that we kind of, you know, have been able to continue to sail. There have been a lot of challenges, I must say, because, you know, um, our our work survives on uh, and thrives on advertising. So you have to sell something. You have to sell an advertising. You have to sell a concept to to someone or to an organization to be able to earn money. And as you know, um, our community community does not really have the economic clout like some of the other communities to sustain um, the kind of um, ambitious work that we're kind of doing. So we've had to be very creative. We've had to come up with unique ideas. Like there was a time we came up with um, this idea to produce uh, promotional materials for countries. Uh, We started what what you call the Discover Magazine series. So we would, and and, you know, we just went to Ottawa and met with the ambassadors Mm -hmm. from one embassy to the next. And before we finished, we actually ended ended up doing Discover um, Kenya, Discover Zimbabwe. Uh, Discover Zambia, and then for the Discover Nigeria, it was so big that we actually flew down to meet with the president, and we got to do some other materials, even um, that the the, the presidency took to the United Nations when Nigeria was uh, in charge of the the UN Security Council. So um, I, I say that there have been a lot of challenges along the way. And also the other challenge was trying to bring us together as a community, because I think there were things were not, when we came to Toronto, for instance, um, you will see that the Jamaicans were doing their own thing, the Nigerians were doing their own thing, the Ghanaians were doing their own thing. And if somebody is doing an event, let's say if somebody's doing an event and they're from Trinidad, most of the people that reckon with them will be Trinidadian and, and, and that kind of stuff. But when we came into came to Toronto, we made sure that the awards program that we had it was reflective of everyone the TV show, the magazine, and you kind of see that people began to think differently. There was a particular award show that had gone on for almost 20 something years for the black community, and they had just, I think, a couple of people from the continent. Um, the, the, most of the people receiving the awards were not representative of. Um, We're not representative of the community that we we are. So all that has changed now. People are are now doing things together. So um, I would say that, you know, the most important thing for us has been going back to the purpose for which we started this. Those three things I told you at the beginning to inspire our people, to unite them and to celebrate their achievements.
0: My interest was particularly piqued when you said that you understand and appreciate that there are storms that you have to continue to sail through, so you know you went you went through one recession and it looks like there's another recession uh, <laughs> just looming. there is another storm coming up or we're we're in it now, i guess uh, and that is the coronavirus and and on all the pandemic of covid nineteen so my question simply is how how have you been during this the, the I don't know if this is the early days of the storm, but during this storm so far, how, <laughs> how have you been and how have you been surviving?
1: Yes, you know, um, right now we decided to make our channel free over the Air so that um, everyone that has cable, um, you know, with Rogers, Bell, Eastlink and Telus can view us. Even though we know that, you know, this is a time when we could get more subscriptions because people who have been so busy now finally have the time to kind of see what we're doing. Uh, But we just wanted to make sure that people had access um, at this time to kind of, you know, um, consume, you know, whatever content that they want without being inhibited. Um, But I must say that, you know, um, we have lost a lot of revenue because um, this is usually our busiest season of the year. We get our most revenue because, you know, there are a lot of events, there are a lot of product launches. So companies are coming up with new things and they need promotion and we're at all kinds of events, promoting the channel and uh, products and advertising, you know, things that are happening and all that kind of stuff. Um, and also on the production side, we had some sponsored programs that are currently uh, on hold um, as well, you know, where we just started to produce a drama series, which we had to put on hold as well. So um, we, we, there's been lots of revenue, I must confess.
0: That's a reality. Yes.
1: Yeah, we've had to postpone uh, one of our most lucrative events, the transformation awards that we do in June. And that's one of the most lucrative events that we have. Um, But, you know, I think that this is a time that calls for a creative renaissance. Um, Just like, you know, when the recession hit, I believe uh, the last time, we had to sit down and um, be creative, come up with ideas. Um, and ask ourselves some hard questions. We had to stop doing um, some aspects of our business. We had to cut down on some. We had to reevaluate. And I, I think that the other thing that this, uh, this uh, crisis has actually made apparent is that, you know, we cannot continue to do business as usual. And we're expanding our digital ecosystem as we speak. So we're trying to, um, we already have an online platform, but we're trying to create more. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of that, that online platform so that you know, we can take advantage of um, the new way that you know, people are doing things now. Um, I think that you know, we can continue to be a strong media organization, utilizing the same principles that have kept us in business, regardless of all the challenges that we face. You know, we have you know, thought outside the box, push the envelopes. Um, it's been very difficult, but we have been able to get, you know, major corporations like you know, um, RBC, um, TD Bank, uh, Ryerson University, the the police services, even the Army, and even the um, the Canadian Secret Service, Secret Service organization, uh, CCS, uh, actually advertises with us. So um, I, I think we, with the things that we've um, set up and been doing over the years. Um, We just need to go back to the drawing table. And as I said before, this is an opportunity for a creative renaissance. And and once we do the work that we're supposed to do in terms of uh, remapping our strategies, I think we're gonna come out of this stronger than before.
0: So there you have it. The conversation continues. I'd like to thank everyone who's participated in today's show, be they behind the scenes or on the mic. Part of our show was recorded and produced at Corner Studios with the assistance of our producer, John Kitt. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by Joachim Nortebert and Andy Ninvall. If you like what you've heard, there's more. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter under our handle, Crowd54. Remember, you can find us wherever you do your listening. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and that's just a few of them. Listen, like, share. Until we meet again. Thanks for listening.